Yes. Because Nigerians who come to America, they bring the Nigerian madness and then join it with the American madness. And it's a special kind of madness. It's completely out of control. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Cake and Kombucha, the Bravo, 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 effing Bravo reboot. I'm here with a really, really special guest. He is one of my biggest supporters, someone I look up to so, 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 so much. And he is my cousin. And his name is Uzoma. And he's going to pronounce his name in the Igbo fashion, just like we saw in the episode. And we're going to have a really special insight into the the things that are being introduced to the American public, which I have to say, I'm absolutely stunned. It's just stunning. Are we ready for me to go? Should I go now? Oh, yeah. Introduce yourself. Tell, say, tell the people what you do. My name is Uzom Alexander Eze. I'm and... also known as Obuanuku Anokbronkunijono, one of Urala. That's all you need to know. What's up, y'all? Come on, come on. Okay, Esquire. He's an Esquire. <laughs> yeah. And also, his last name is the same name as Neka's dog. <laughs> really? Is that what Neka's dog was see... called? Oh, yes, the caption. Oh, the man. dog's name is Eze, which means... King. But you can't do that to my name. Name a... <laughs> These people go too far, man. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yep, that little poodle that she was carrying around the house, that was Eze. You, you know, you know, there's, uh, I don't even know where you want me to start. Let's just, you direct me because this can go on forever. <laughs> like, okay. I, and I got to tell you this, I got to tell you this, in my life, you mm-hmm. know, my wife, my wife was saying to me, she said, she's looking at me this eye when I told her what I was doing with you. Because when she came in the room and saw me watching a reality show, she was sure I was having an affair. Like, there's no way in this world Lozama is watching reality shows. Something has happened. And I had to... An affair with a woman? An affair with a woman or a man? It had to be a woman put me onto it. And it could (laughs) be a man. In in my life, this is the first time. I want you to know this, Kalichi. This is the first time in my life I've ever watched a reality show. I am not a reality person. I've never touched it. But the minute you said to me, Uzama, watch it, I was ready to watch a full a full season for you. Oh and I gosh. saw many episodes. And, um, you know, th- this stuff is, is strange to me. I, I, I don't get it. I mean, my life is already the shit show that it is. I don't know why anybody <laughs> want to put their life out there and just warts and all and be watched and microscoped. Like, to me, it's mind-boggling. And I'm watching these people. And then I see Nigerians and I'm going, you know what? The producers of this show are fucking brilliant because you think you've seen drama until you bring those Nigerians in there. And the thing is going to get so out of control. They're going to have the real housewives, Nigeria version. Oh, wait, you, but, they already, the but they already have it. Uzoma, they no, already I mean, have no, it. No, 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 no. There's two kinds oh, of here. madness. There's Nigeria in Nigeria. There's Nigeria, Nigeria in Nigeria. America. Yes. Because Nigerians who come to America, they bring the Nigerian madness and then join it with the American madness. And it's a special kind of madness. It's completely out of control. So there <laughs> is, know? okay, it's amazing. You're a natural at this because I was, that was the first thing I was going to ask you. I was going to say to the listeners, it's really interesting to have someone on the show who has never watched reality TV before. But what I appreciate about him is my cousin is not like an elitist. He's not like, oh, I think that's stupid. I don't know why women watch it. He just had never watched it. So he's like, okay, I'll watch it. Have you ever seen like, do you, 
have you seen like Survivor or like competition no, shows? Nothing. Cooking I've never shows? Never. Nothing nothing on the food network? I'll nothing. Tell you something else. I've never seen a, a sports show. I've never seen a like a football or basketball or baseball or soccer. I never watched a game in my well, life. Well you don't watch games either? No. Not I even don't soccer? watch any of it. Look, me, I like romantic comedies. Rom com. <laughs> you know rom com, that's what I watch. Yes. <laughs> Fantasy adventure. Hog back with sword. Oh, it's jousted in. That's even extra. See? But all of this, why do I want to see real life? My life is real life, and it's very it's a struggle. It's a daily struggle to live my reality. So other people's reality, I don't get to it. <laughs> that's oh my gosh, that's lovely. See, okay, I don't like sports either. They make me itch. I like to play sports. I don't like to watch sports. Um, but me too. Me too. And I love fantasy. I love sci-fi. Yes. Um, Anything but, that takes me away from reality, that's the trick for me. I need to get away from reality. But the thing is, this is fantasy to me. It's not my reality. It's, um... I'm not crazy. I am crazy, but not like this. So this, <laughs> this validates your... <laughs> Absolutely. You, do you know the German word um, schadenfreude? Schadenfreude, yeah. Yes. Yep. I think that's why people watch these shows and you know I don't like when really bad things happen but I do like when I'm just like okay this is wacky I would handle this a different way than this yeah and you also get to watch people do stuff that you don't do like fight and throw things and <laughs> be rude and be extra and be catty but, but you know what really gets me about these shows especially when they they, they, they touch upon relationships I know for a fact that the easiest way to destroy your relationship is to put it under the glaring light. One thousand percent. Yes. And so that is why. Do, I'm like, if you want to destroy your relationship, then go for it. But when you do that, every relationship is just going to fray under the light. That's so... why Hollywood can't keep it together. And it's, it's, it's not that something is inherently wrong with the guy and the girl. It's just I that mean, nothing survives that glare. No relationship. Nothing can. survives the glare, but artists, yes. are, artists are extra. So if you add that two together. If you add that two, you, it never work out. So Uzoma, you're so ahead of the curve because everything you're saying is a trope already. Okay, so the divorce thing. We, there's like a theory now that because the first one of these shows, to give you a little history lesson, the first franchise was OC, and that started like when I was in high school. So these things have been going a long time. There's Orange County, there's Beverly Hills, there's New Jersey, there's Atlanta, there's Potomac, there's Miami. There used to be DC shortly. Uh, two of the DC cast members crashed Obama's, um, what's the ball that they have? The, the inaugural ball. Mm -hmm. Two of the cast members from the Real Housewives of DC crashed Obama's inaugural ball. That was on the show. They were supposed to be these like DC like socialites, and they snuck into the party. So that happened. That show is no longer with us. Who knows if the Secret Service shut it down? We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> so okay, there's that. Have I left out any? Oh, there was Dallas. Dallas got shut down in 2020 for racism against the first Asian cast member that they because you know these shows um, they were not integrated really at all until 2020 and then suddenly they were like oh we should put a black woman in, in real housewives of new york and it was a disaster and she felt the burden to like educate women the women be like this is harlem because before they never left the upper east side and it was a it was disastrous um 
let's see which other one's integrated. Beverly Hills is now integrated. They added in a black woman, Garcelle Beauvais, the actress. Yes. Yeah. She's on there now. Yeah. So she's a housewife now. Um, So yeah, that's a brief history. Then we have around the world, we have Melbourne, we have Johannesburg, Lagos, but they're Uh, kind uh, of- Dubai. Dubai. Oh yeah. Dubai is like considered like an, I I would say like the American ones are the ones that come on like Bravo proper. Gotcha. I still can't, I think I can't watch Lagos still. I was talking on Twitter and they're like, I think I would have to get a VPN blocker. But even then, there's something else. I would might have to get a VPN and say I'm in Africa, something like that. I don't know. Or maybe the UK. But I do want to watch that one eventually. What someone said that I should have you and I just cover that whole like Legos, like separately. Oh. <laughs> and well, Zenit, you gotta, Zenit you could come hide on me, too. I'd be in Legos all the time. Those people could kick my ass at the airport. <laughs> it's the real thing for me. I could be at a party and just get slapped across the face. That will happen. Oh my God. So that is the history of the show. But there's a whole like saying that like, oh, it's second season. It's divorce time. Because we have a theory that, and when I say we, I mean the fandom, the podcasters, that people come on with their bad marriages specifically to um, fight, specifically to get a divorce by like season two. Because they'll just bring, at this point, new cast members will come on. We're like, it's clear you hate your spouse. You don't get along at all. At all. And then, but yeah, there's mad divorces on these shows. Are you kidding me? There's so many divorces. Some people have gotten divorced and then remarried. Yes. I just saw that. Mm-hmm. Wait, who did you see that way? what happened to Robin? Like Robin trying oh, to yeah. remarry yeah. then? I wasn't even talking about her because her situation is such garbage. I was talking about um, Nene Leakes, who's famous. You might have heard Nene of her. Nene Leakes, yeah. who I know of her. Never yeah. seen the show, but I know of her, yeah. Nene got, her husband passed away. Rest in peace. He was a good, he was a, he was a good, a good husband. Like of these shows, he was like a solid, solid husband. He passed away of cancer recently, but they got divorced on the air like you know the season covered it then they got married again and so that happens so all the things that you're saying are the reasons people want like the reasons you're like why would someone do this is what makes it interesting because now you're just analyzing these people and so there's like the persona that they have on here there's the fact that we know that they are paid to like stir up mess like ashley ashley the menace (laughs) yes the forehead <laughs> the forehead is people call her <laughs> but i have a big forehead too so i actually um oh. re- i strongly resent people making fun of ashley's forehead <laughs> forehead solidarity <laughs> but yeah so there's there's that there's the private side there's the fact that you they are their own little ecosystem of celebrities yeah. called they're called bravo celebrities really mm-hmm. Okay. And there's a BravoCon, like Comic-Con. Yes, I, I've heard about BravoCon. It's Con. huge. About that it's, it's, it's huge. Huge. I mean, I, so one of my favorite podcasts is called um, Watch What Crappens, which may, it's making fun of the after show that Andy Cohen has, Watch What Happens. So these guys have been on the air, I think, for 15 years. I discovered them, like, during the pandemic. And just they kept me laughing and laughing and laughing when there was just, like, nothing else going on so yeah. i got to go to their live show and then i met one of my bravo liberties who um was on there they had a show called shahs of sunset which was about yeah. persian people in la mm-hmm. the lead of that show was there i got to talk to her 
she like was like, make a video, say hi to my husband, who I know her husband, her her name, her baby. I watched her give birth in the hospital. You know what I mean? Like, I was so excited. And I have met a lot of famous people before, but I was more excited about her than movie stars. Okay. Why? Because like, you like directly provided me entertainment for like seven years and you show the most messed up situations in your life. Like I've watched you lose your father. You know what I mean? Like you kind of, what I'm describing is a parasocial relationship, which is not mm -hmm. healthy, but I like, mine is healthy. I don't like stalk people. I just, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so cool to meet you in person. How are you? So <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't tweet like I die, kill yourself. You didn't, why didn't she, why did you do that to her on the show? Like, no, that's crazy. No, you know, Dude, uh, you and I know what's happened. We used to, we just talked about this before the call. You know, you used to listen to news. One of the reasons that I cut cable, the comment you made before we got on was on my, you were ahead of the curve and you cut cable, da, da, da. It was because I got to the point where news was making me almost physically sick. I'd wake up in the morning, watch the news and go to work and be depressed about it. Because it was like, it was, if it bleeds, it leaves to a crappy degree, and this was back in 2008 when everything on the news was depressing, depressing, depressing. And then, I don't know, Donald Trump showed up and I was just like, okay, that's it, done. I was out, I couldn't do it anymore. I just couldn't bear to be part of this uh, conversation. So, so shows that's exactly like this, when I stopped this part. That's what you said, when you said it, I almost had like a cold chill. I'm like, oh my God, that's exactly what happened to Kalichi. Mm -hmm. And so when you look at shows like this, where as a world, we're looking for any kind of escape. Just give me something that's not what's happening right now, because what's happening right now is way too depressing. So mm -hmm. I get it. The concept of the show is popularity. It makes all the sense in the world. We all need to tune the fuck out because these, these people are mad and they're crazy, but they are mm -hmm. not as crazy as what's happening in Congress right now. Exactly. Congress is 10 times crazier than these women. And these women are the definition of mad. But yeah, so, so who are we fooling? You know, these shows are necessary. People need that escape. So bravo, bravo, bravo. Bravo, Fucking bravo. Bravo, bravo, bravo. <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah, the, that was, the, okay, so the story behind that is, you know the actress Denise Richards? Yes. She was also a housewife of Beverly Hills. But she was on there a couple seasons and she didn't really she couldn't like get the camp. She kind of wasn't fully comfortable with the format. You know, she's a movie star. She's used to shooting. She's used to calling shots more. And she just was like, I want the camera to stop rolling when something embarrassing is happening, you know? Mm, mm. And so there is a thing that when they have the reunions, apparently the ladies used to say, bravo, 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 when they want a more lipstick or something, as in like, mm. stop shooting, come here. So they were at a dinner and Denise like can't get the cameras to stop. And she's like, bravo, 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 fucking bravo. <laughs> <laughs> like, as in like, <laughs> as in shut this shit all down. <laughs> and so that's, that's how that became a community phrase. Bravo, 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 I think bravo. <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's stars that you know. Who else? Lisa Rinna. Lisa Rinna, soap star, the girl, the woman with the huge lip implants. She was like famous for doing that before people really did that. Mm, no, that one I don't know. And then I wonder if you know, um, do you know the models? Your daughters probably know, unfortunately. Bella Hadid? Yes, I've, I, I, I know about Bella Hadid. I've, I've had to Google her for something. 
Yeah. <laughs> Wait, which one is which? Bella is the one who totally got surgery and changed her face. And the other That's one what it was. is... What's the other girl's name? Gigi. Gigi so Hadid. They, <laughs> they got their start from these shows. Their mother was Yolanda Hadid, was on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. She was oh, married to the famous, um, the famous composer David Foster. But that's okay. not their dad. That was their stepdad. So their dad is some like Palestinian businessman. And he would be on the show tangentially. But literally, you watched Yolanda groom her daughter for modeling. You watched her be a teenager and she was like trying to eat birthday cake and her mother like smack her. <laughs> it's like go get it. Like she you watched her teach her not to eat. Literally. Uh, and they and this and then suddenly like on the show they were like walking the runway and Yolanda would be like I'm so proud of my daughter she's Dutch and she'd be like I'm so proud to see my daughter on the runway and then Bella felt like she wasn't the pretty one because she didn't she looked more um Arab and she didn't come out like blonde like her sister who looked more like the Dutch side of the family and so Bella suddenly got all this surgery and then she was like as big of a model as her sister it was kind of amazing to watch, like, because the, the Bravo kids are literally, like, you watch these, you just watch people's kids grow from, like, a baby to being mm -hmm. a grown-up and then being in the tabloids themselves. Exactly. And, and next thing, they're having babies. And it's, like, already. And DUIs, which yeah. has happened. Um, but let me pull up my notes for this episode. Mm -hmm. We will probably just jump to the NECA branch, go on from there. But let's get your thoughts on... Let's just get general thoughts on other things that jumped about, out about the women. Oh, man. This, you're going to put me on the show and make me say some shit I'm going to regret. No. Uh, they're, they, like, I, 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 look, look, look. I've never... <laughs> I don't understand what's happening with women these days. But the makeup is a little too much for me. Oh, uh, that's the, the Nigerian me talking. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just glad I'm not in the market for women anymore. I'm not chasing women. I'm not looking for women to marry. But when I see those faces where there's like five layers of this thing on your face, I don't even know what happens when I peel it off. What if I wake up in the morning and I don't recognize you? I'm like, we might start fighting. I might they'll say I've abused you now. Who are you? Why are you in my bed? Plus the hair. Everybody here, you just, they don't even try anymore to look like, you know, they can fool me. It's That's just one saying. day, it's like this crown, it's that crown, it's here, it's there. Then the face, I'm looking at you and I can actually see how many layers of potty filler. So I'm, I'm not attracted to, you know, I'm used to looking at women and having some kind of attraction. It's not happening. Um, all of you have now got implants left, right, center, back, front. You look like Barbie. So, you know, woman to me is a natural feeling. This, there's nothing natural going on there. Plus the fact that you are not acting out of control. So am I drawn to any of you in particular? I, was... I, I didn't even mean like physically, but I did want to talk about, no. I was going to ask you about like fashion and like, and like, so you gave me your opinion on that. And the funny thing is that this is very, they probably have the least amount of surgery uh... compared to... <laughs> <laughs> Now, nah. nah, wow. Compared to the other shows, they have the I least amount of surgery. Do. Oh my gosh, okay. you have to watch like a, 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 a Orange County. You really got to watch like an Orange County episode if you want to see some real filler where you're like, are your eyes open or closed when you're talking? Ah. 
But no, these ladies, no, no. okay, I can tell you who has surgery on their face. Um, Giselle, it, Giselle dresses very well. I, I admire. <laughs> Every time I see her put together an outfit, I'm no, like, okay, 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 no, okay, 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 okay. I really no. like the way she dresses. Um, uh, you can't it's say that. It's on point. You can't I'm say telling that. you, I love it. <laughs> notorious, notoriously the tackiest person on the show. But I will, I will say this dress today. I would have worn that, and she, someone else dressed her. She looked nice this episode. But okay, it's so just it back... I haven't seen every single episode. No. This is, I saw this and maybe one other one. And I've but seen she... her come up with some really good colors that I really like. They were, they were different. She wears bright colors. She does wear bright colors. And she's beautiful. She's pretty. Yes. Um, and she's always pretty. You know, the show's been going on like eight years. You know, she's like, what, 52 or so. She's a beautiful 52? woman. Yeah, something like that. 52, mm. 54. She's been beautiful her whole life. And she's... Oh. Uh, people call her and Robin the green-eyed bandits. Ah. Okay, so that's enough. We're not going to talk about Giselle anymore since you're being kind to her. And <laughs> we don't... You want me to flip? Because you know what I do for a living, right? My job is to argue both sides. You want me to go under the offensive on her? Okay, let me tell you about this. We can, we can, we can, you do, know the, we can do the offensive later. Let me but tell like, you about Giselle. Generally, this is not a Giselle safe space. Um, it's not a safe space. But then, okay, no, because she's actually ahead. like a really, she's actually like a really mean person that is just unfeeling and does terrible things to people, and then acts like she doesn't know why. It's she's, but she is fun who, to watch. Who, who is the safe? Who's the who? Who has a safe space on the show? Who's your guy? Oh, um, the grand dame, Karen. Karen. Really? Karen is the grand dame of Potomac. Okay. Self-appointed. Self-appointed. She's the grand dame of Potomac. She's from Surrey County. She went and showed us like the plantation that her family like was owned on that they later were able to buy historically. Uh, and her she's a country girl who left uh, and went to the big city. She married okay. her husband, who's 17 years older. Ray. She calls him the Black Bill Gates. Why? No reason. There's no like he's Correlation not, they're not even like they're I don't even I don't think they're wealthy like it's just slightly upper middle class but you know I googled it when she said I was like that's a, a guy who's a black builder nope, and I looked at even. his company I was like okay software <laughs> development all right I guess not even remotely um no but we love Karen Karen's crazy and she's she's a good time and she's so witty she's so fast on her feet I so I love her is that the only person that I like unequivocally? Yes. Um, this, about that. this cast, it is, yeah. Um, I, Ashley, I have a soft spot for because she is just herself. She's just a mess and she's a biracial menace. And she always she always keeps the plot line moving because she's she gonna does, go right. tell somebody exactly what somebody told her and then <laughs> put a twist on it and be like, oh, did I say that wrong? I don't know. A mess. Oh. Um, and then Mia is new from last year. I don't, people really dislike Mia. I think she's funny because she openly was, says she was a stripper. She met her husband um, at a strip club or like it's a gentleman's club where they serve steak and lobster and we wear ball gowns. So we're like, girl, what? And she kind of <laughs> openly says that they were married just for money. And Ouch. then last year, Candace is, re- I don't like her. She's really rude. Um, and just says nasty below the belt things to people, but she was like, go tell, go, go get your pimp. That's what she said about her husband. Oh. And then Mia just screams, pimp, pimp, your hoe is here. Your hoe, hi pimp. And I, I live, cause she's not, every time they try to come for her and be like, you're this, you're that. She's like, 
Yeah. Yeah, I am. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a hooker. What's I next? was a stripper and a hooker, and I'm here with y'all. So who cares? It, I got here. <laughs> right? That's a word. Okay, let's let's get down. So Robin and Juan, we could have a whole other episode to talk about their terrible marriage. It's it's a mess. He is um so he's a basketball player. They met in high school. She did cheat, cheat on her all the time. Then they got divorced. Then they lived together for a long time. And the ladies just acted really like, oh my God, what's going on with your relationship? And I was like, I don't care. You want to raise your kids together without moving out? Fine. If you sleep in the same bed with him, fine. You're both boring. So I really don't care what you do. And over the years, they've been pressured to get married again. So they just got married again last year. And then immediately after all this intrigue comes out, he's spotted with another woman around Georgetown. He's spotted with the other coach from the basketball team he coaches, who's a beautiful younger woman. Um, and so then it comes out on the show and then Robin has to pretend she cares. She doesn't care. She's obviously clearly made her decision, you know? But well, the other thing that happened is he was fired from his college during a sex abuse scandal. A parent, one of the, and they're getting sued because one of the students was catfished by a coach. There was a coach that was catfishing him, dressed up like a woman, got him to do sex acts, then blackmailed him, then bribed him. Allegedly, the student complained and complained, and he did it. nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which sounds like him. Um, and what else do you need to know about him? Um, have I caught you up with all that stuff? Yeah, I think so. Oh, no, here's what I want to say that I didn't say um, last week because I hadn't looked on Twitter yet. Now, as in the vein of like not doing research, not reading news, I try not to go do the extra stuff. There are entire channels that cover like the, these people in the blogs, literally okay. YouTube channels devoted to the news about them. But I happened to, on a Twitter thread about Juan. Every people in the thread were like, my friend hooked up with him. My friend hooked up with him. He's known around. People are like, yep, everybody expects that around like did it a zip code. So basically it's just like a known thing. Like he's mm-hmm. just out there in the streets. The number of anecdotes in that thread was scandalous. And if you read Twitter enough, you know, people don't just make up anecdotes about stuff. They're, they're not just like, oh yeah. And then this happens. Robust gossip conversations, but there, there were specifics in this thread. And I was like, oh. So this is a known thing. I don't know. I think he's terrible. And I think she's like just beaten down. Oh, she was depressed last Like last year, there was a year where she was like having trouble with getting out of bed before noon. And he was like, Robin is unattractive, sleeping all day. Like she's obviously. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, you know, look, this, this, is, this, this truth has to be told. People. I teach my children the one word I don't like said in my house is mm-hmm. normal. Hmm. I don't like normal. And hmm. if you tell me you're normal, I'll tell you an idiot. I tell hmm. my kids all the time, be anything but normal. Because normal is an illusion, okay? None of us, all eight billion of us, were designed to be unique and different in every imaginable way. But someone, in order to sell us products, in order to make us consumers, in order to do whatever form of hurting they needed to hurt us try to put us in box of this is how conduct should be this is how this should be this is how you should be this is how you should dress this is how you a marriage should look mm-hmm. that is bullshit okay mm-hmm. let me tell you something two people 
decide that these are the terms of engagement, those are the motherfucking terms of engagement. Mm-hmm. And what, and if you notice with Robin, one of the things that she does is she's like, dude, I'm okay with this, but these women out here want me to be tripping. So now I don't know if I'm okay or if I'm tripping or if I really, I'm just pretending to be okay when I am tripping. The woman's head is exploding. Well, she's I couldn't not, even tell she's you She's not whether, very right. So there's not a so, lot of room in there but, for but, different. Exactly. But what I'm saying is if people are in a relationship and they decide among themselves that these are the terms of engagement, as crazy as it might sound to you, those are the terms of engagement. Oh, no, I 100% agree with you on that. And that's why it's interesting. Even if you're not watching news or whatever, they still touch on just societal issues. It's like the women have to pretend all these things like they don't have sex and they don't know what this is. Oh, I don't know what that. Oh, my gosh. What is this? I'm like, exactly. you're 60 years old. Good Lord. Like, she says she's sleeping with this, a, boy, a guy 17 years young. I'm like, big up on respect. Do you. <laughs> Why are you sitting there oh, talking he's about another men reality having, star? Look, man, you have a penis. He has you. He has a penis. You have a vagina. Use your own. If he's using his own, use your own. Now, what's the issue? <laughs> Why are we sitting here worrying about him using his penis? A hundred percent. But like in past seasons, she would have been like, "Oh, I don't talk about that." So like, uh, everyone is just like, and that and that goes back to people trying to be <clears throat> normal when there is no requirement that you be anything but your own unique interpretation of whatever. Crazy dumpster fire. Anyway, so I think there's only one more thing I want to say before we jump into the Nigerians and them in the show. Let's see. We talked about Mia. We talked about Ashley a little bit. Talked about Robin. Uh, Oh, I I think maybe I was just going to say that I'm pretty sure the thing with Robin, like the discrepancy you're seeing is that those are Juan's terms and not her terms. Her term, her term is clearly she has a threshold for like humiliation and embarrassment that she's willing to endure and just willing to get up and keep going however uh, of course she would just want like a regular monogamous relationship with no one talking about her like of course she would and she just Juan's not willing to give that that is the uh, disconnect is because he doesn't care but she cares in fact last episode she was like my joy is stolen but not because of him just because of everything everyone's saying it's like well, everything everyone's saying is because he's running around in public sloppily. So what are you talking about? So yeah, she has, this is a struggle that's been going on. Because is she, is she having a problem with him being, um, is she having a problem with his um, indiscretions or the, the, the way it is carried out in, in, in openly and such that it flows back to her? She's got a uh, take the public shame like of that. If like, I were, have to, is, is if I were to have to guess, I would have to or guess that because he's an athlete and stuff, they had a like, you know, sometimes things happen. I'm an athlete, but probably he was supposed to be discreet and it was not supposed to get back to her. That's what I would think. That's what I think. That's what I'm trying to draw the differences. Because a lot of these women who marry basketball players and rappers, they're not stupid. They mm-hmm. know how they met these guys. They know the room they met. They, they know his proclivities. They know what he's doing. Mm-hmm. So they're not saying, I don't want him to have sex with some random woman. But the problem is now it's all over the place. And I can't walk in public without people bringing that stuff up and embarrassing me with it. So I, that's what I'm trying to say. Let's, let's, let's split hairs here. Is it the actual indiscretion is, is pissing her off? Or is it that her friends? are hearing about it and using it to talk to her and talk about her and then shaming her about it. That's two different things. And Okay, well, let me say this. It's both. It's actually both because <clears throat> she, 
she has said she she divorced him the first time because of cheating so i mean again but like we don't know for sure if it was you broke our cheating agreement you know or i never knew that you were being unfaithful at all and i found out for the first time so that happened then with their whole little purgatory that they've been living in it was like she could theoretically see some other people she has not mustered a single date with anyone else like the years they were on a break having a matchmaker like having someone set you up is such a common bravo storyline that would make her just more interesting so the fact that she didn't do that i think speaks a lot and then she just yeah so i think i don't know like i think maybe it used to be about the cheating only and now it's about the embarrassment or but i also think it's just years of resentment and hurt like years just years i mean they've been together like it's like 20 plus years 25 30 almost 30 years of of nonsense from the same person you know you know my, my experience has been that women in marriages are kind of forgiving of more so forgiven of indiscretion than the general storyline would suggest what they're not forgiving on is emotional distance hmm. um not being there for me not being there for my needs because you're being there for someone else's mm -hmm. needs. financial go look at your divorce papers it's the the, the 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 indiscretion is used to justify the divorce, but what really happened was we pulled apart because you weren't taking care of my needs. You weren't there for me. I didn't feel like I was to get, we get these calls all the time. I'm a lawyer, as you know, and everyone who wants to get divorced gives me a call. So I got files and files of this stuff, and it's always the same. It's, it's always like, yeah, he was cheating, but I, that wasn't the problem. Mm -hmm. was he was cheating, I knew. And I was like, oh, he cheated, and I knew. It's always, he wasn't, I didn't feel like I had a man who cared for me now what the reason i said it's because what they're saying is yeah you going off and doing that wasn't what poked at me it was the point came when you doing that now posed a situation where i wasn't getting my needs met i felt like i was alone in this home in this relationship i felt like the love and affection and everything you had you put out there and then you came back here with your bullshit because now when when he's doing that, you're telling your wife you don't care if her whole inbox. She's over here trying to sell these ugly hats she's made that Thank have slogans on them, like hats that look like just middle America. Just let's. I don't, I don't like to think about that. Thank you. Trying to sell hats, trying to have her podcast with Giselle where they talk about other people's mess, and now you're having her whole inbox flooded with um with tabloids and bloggers, and. Yes. I don't want to, I don't know, if the, I don't think these ladies are important enough to have paparazzi, but you know, whatever the, the reality TV equivalent of paparazzi is. So you don't love and care for this person. If you would do that, no, if I don't. have a certain number of metrics and I have listeners and I have a reach and I'm trying to get advertisers to support our family, because you're the one that's been without a job for years. And then you were teaching someplace called Coppin State, which I heard of for the first time when you mentioned on the show and this is after you were in the nba so i'm just saying you are ruining her business life you're ruining her social life you're just bringing something that's a huge annoyance onto her head and yeah. even if she was somewhat okay with it that doesn't mean she's gonna like want to keep explaining it a million times a day she'll hate you by the end of that you know
So it's just this lack of care, and he doesn't care. He looks like Papa Smurf now. He doesn't care, and that's what the issue is. You can look in his eyes and see that he doesn't give. He's like, dude, why don't you just leave me? I'm done with you. He's Go. Like, we know. We, and always... she's sitting there like, I don't know what life looks like without you, oh so I'm going to hang in here and he sleep in a watched... bed with you. Sleep in a bed. Not You can't even get separate rooms. Are you serious? Okay, well, let's get to the juice. Let's get to a new cast member. Tell, tell us how to pronounce her name. Neka. 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 Neka, meaning mother is greater. Mother is greater. Yes. Neka. Okay, so. Ihim because of me. Because oh, really? Yeah. What I, my first impression of Neka, I'm just going to say Neka. Um. Is that... yeah, no, no, that's what we say in America. That's cool. Yeah. Even the neckers I know go by neckers. So that's cool. I'm just gonna say that I think she's trying very hard. I'm not. I'm not liking it so far. I come as as what I am, and what I am is remarkable. Okay, girl. <laughs> Are you remarkable? I, you're a lawyer. My sister's a lawyer. My other sister's a lawyer. I know. I I could pull. Let's see where where did Neka no, let me not even do that. I was about to say, where did Neka go to school? I'm like, let me not actually be Nigerian while I'm criticizing Nigerian. <laughs> <laughs> the the real the last thing they said on the show was Nigerians criticizing Nigerians. What's up with that? I so, was like, let me not but, but yeah. you know what? We gotta go there. We gotta go there. We have to go there. And we will. So, this contractor, the poor contractor trying to get a word in, this old man. I felt really bad for him while she's in the bathroom, just talking utter nonsense. Um, I love that her husband, I love that Ike is actually like, he has an accent. I love that. Uh, yeah, we haven't yeah, had yeah. that. We haven't had that on the show. All the um, Africans, as they call them, which, oh, you missed it. Atlanta had a whole season. Oh, I heard you got you an African. Oh, she got an African. His name is Mr. Chocolate. She got an African. So there are all these like mysterious Africans with money in Atlanta that would be um, taking care of these women. And they always be like, oh, I saw you up there with your African. I, be I bet you I know most of those Negroes. <laughs> I bet you I know them all. Oh, and, then, um, oh and then Portia, uh, gorgeous, stunning star. Um, she finally left Real Housewives of Atlanta after she married her a Nigerian man who is worth like twice Simon Simon I'll tell you his last name let's see Portia what is her last name Portia R-H-O-A husband Simon Gio Bita. maybe he's not Nigerian actually Simon, Simon. Gua, Gua Guabadia no he is Nigerian Gua G-U-O-B-A-D-I-A Guabadia Guabadia what tribe is that I do not know from the name, but um, hmm. oh, he's, he's an oil and gas guy. Yeah, Guabadia. Uh, he's one. He's not one of the major tribes. I can tell you that. So. His net worth is very healthy. Yes, because he has Simcoe Petroleum Company, Regional Fuel Supplier, Atlanta, Georgia. Low, ultra low surf. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 40 mil. I mean, 40 mil. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely got 40 mil. Easy. And Portia is like, how many years? Portia's 42 and he's 59. Okay, so not a terrible age spread. No, but like, she's world. just, he's like, not really cute. And she's fine, 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 fine. You want to see some good wigs? You have to watch. We have to watch Atlanta. 
that that the hair <laughs> the <a> good wigs. <laughs> laid, you know, hair the hair is laid. Portia has her own wig line. She always her hair is always laid. She's gorgeous. So yeah, he, <laughs> she pulled her African, and then she said, "I don't need to do this reality show anymore." Bye. Yeah, who needs that check? This is a real check I got right now. This is a you real know, check. It's happening. It's happening. The, um, the Nigerian but, boys are coming. But guess what? The funny thing about that is he was on the show. Um, because his wife at the time was a friend of, and so that's how he met Portia. Oh no! Yeah, but, he left his wife. No, too. but his wife was also cheating on him with a younger man, and then had a kiss. Oh. So there's a lot happening. There's a lot going on. Very like, nice. I like that kind of liberation. Yeah. Okay. So this scene, their house is six thousand square feet. There is a scene that was shown in the trailers of Neca kissing him and saying. I'm she said something like I'm rich and then being like thank you for the two million dollar house and I was like that's just a house in many areas <laughs> that's not like um, that's just like the the that's just like the bar to entry in, in a major city nowadays <laughs> that's an apartment in some cities okay let's keep it real now yeah I, nah, I'm, nah, I'm, like, nah. I'm not quite I'm like I don't know if you're I don't know. And then when she was like, I never knew generational wealth was a problem until I failed to close on my house because of my other properties. What is, what was that? What does that mean? Why would you, first of all, why would you not disclose that you have property somewhere else? Like, doesn't that affect your mortgage or something like that? Like, is don't, don't they just then think you're a scammer? Like, or not going to be able to pay your mortgage because you have other mortgages that you didn't mention? Yeah, you know, it, it's not something you forget in a disclosure form. So there's definitely a whole storyline there. I'm thinking, for my first reaction was, is this dad's property maybe that your name got put on because you're the lawyer? Because he might have rich dad who's got properties all over the place, put a name on prop. I don't know. But it's a weird thing for a lawyer who knows the consequences of non-disclosure to then not disclose. So... To me, that's definitely a So story if someone didn't close sense. and then they came to you and as a lawyer and said, oh, is my generational wealth a problem? What would you say to that as a lawyer? I I would probably make sure they've signed if they've signed a big enough retainer. Uh, I listen to their bullshit all day. <laughs> <laughs> generational wealth, my ass. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so the places that these properties were? Very Nigerian locations. I mean, yeah. we have some family ties to these places, Wisconsin. Yes. That's the first uh, the first AZA kid came to Wisconsin, wasn't that? Was it Auntie Imelda at University of Madison, Wisconsin? Yes, yes, Madison, Wisconsin. That's where Tochi was born. Our cousin Tochi was born. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, these people that I I I need to do some research on these two women, Neka and Wendy, to see where they're from in Nigeria. They're Igbos. You and I are Igbos, and we know our people. Very, very braggadocious. Oh, my God. Nigerians <laughs> despise us for that reason. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Uzoma, I thought, I thought that was all Nigerian. It's just Igbos? Wait. Igbos on a whole different level. The stereotype extends specifically to Igbo people? I didn't know that. Specifically. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. thought it was it's, everyone. It's everyone, because when you bring out a Nigerian into America, He's already crazy. He, he, it's already an a, overly loud persona. But when you drill down to the loudest of the personas, <laughs> the most 
I am a big deal. I mean, the Nigerians fought a civil war trying to genocide all the Igbos out of existence because know, they just let's not take say, our crap anymore. Oh my God. So, also, so, wait, for the audience, we should explain it's not because we Igbos are annoying. It's because it's because when white people came to Africa, they put fake political lines around everything. Yes, yes. And, and I'll, I'll, be very, people, I'll, I'll be clear on that. I'll yeah. be clear on that. What I'm trying to say is that Igbos are exceptional. And we exceptional live, we, in everything we do. And we were indigenous statement. to where the oil is located. But our problem is that we never had a problem saying it. There was mm-hmm. no modesty in the Igbo culture. The Igbo will tell you, I'm the shit. Mm-hmm. A Yoruba, let me give you an example. The Yorubas still lie down when they see someone who's, who's their senior. They'll lay on the floor. Oh, yeah, how does it, what's that, what's it called? Bale. Oh, yeah, because, um... The, the rapper in this, uh, what's it, Wale has a line like, Dobale in the Dobale, exactly. The houses get on their knees. They also Dobale for their seniors. The Igbos will give you a what's up. Straight up and down. You can be 100 years old. You get a what's up because you are nobody. And the Igbos go around saying to themselves and to everyone who will listen, I do not recognize a king. The Igbos are the only people in Africa who do not have any leadership. We don't believe in kings because we can't agree on one man or one woman leading us. So that pride and that aggressiveness comes out in everything we do and it goes overboard and it makes people have a bad taste in their mouth for the Igbo people. So it's not that it's not empty vessels making a lot of sense. It's full vessels, but loud as fuck. And that's what I'm seeing with these two women. They are they are the worst kinds. Well, that's why I never liked that. Wendy. That's why I never liked Wendy. So the audience knows. The masters, this, that, that, that. Who cares? The audience knows by now that I am African. I'm half Nigerian, half African American. Sometimes also a black biracial, as I like to call it. And it's very interesting. I don't know how much we've talked about it before, but it's weird to be part of two different cultures that are very different and then like people perceive you as to be one or the other you know so to african-americans i have a foreign name and and they assume that i am nigerian more than american even though i was born and raised in buffalo new york i don't speak Igbo. um and my mother you know mother's like transmit culture like yes generally so she's african-american And my grandparents were African-American, you know, grew up across the street from them. And then Nigerians don't care about my name. And they're like, whatever. They're just like, (laughs) what are you saying? (laughs) They're like, so when's the last time you have been home? (laughs) Uh, And that's it. And it's been a while now um yeah, so you know you know when 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 Ineka's mom insulted her husband for for not speaking anyway cut me deep i always i always i that line always gets to me because it is so wrong look i personally believe that if you believe that you are african you're straight up african i don't believe there's any passport requirement no language no culture nothing if a person claims african diaspora roots I'm not there to tell you yes or no. All humanity came from Africa. Let's start from that. And if you got any melanin, you definitely came in the past 2,000 years. So Africa is not something anyone gives you passport to. It's something you earn usually by your melanin and even more so by your identification. So I, 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 that narrative always, always just rubs Moraga. When she said that, I, I was like, okay, this woman, is I really resent you for saying that to another human being. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and Eddie was... 
I mean, it's nice. I'm like, well, at least I'm half. I'm like, Eddie doesn't speak in both his parents are Nigerian. That makes me I feel better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, Don't Eddie. Stop that nonsense. Yeah, there's a whole, I mean, there's a whole generation now of like people. I'm, I think I'm closer, close to Eddie's age. He's probably, is he in his late 30s or like, there's a whole generation of people who, who came here and had kids now and their kids grew up American. You know, so even if you had one Nigerian parent or two Nigerian parents, like people like Eddie or people like me, we're we're out here now. So we have the name, we have the facial features, we're carrying it on. And I'm just like, I, I just think there needs to be, it's kind of harkens back to what you said about normal. Why would you not expand your definition of something to include exactly. that people? Inclusion is the word. The Niger- the no one moves. No one rules around the world like like Igbo people. You can anywhere you go in the world. Okay, my grandparents on the American side, they went to Russia. They went on a tour after they were retired, and like I have, we have these wonderful pictures of them on top of camels in Egypt and things like that. And they said they went to Russia. And they, the one black person they met was a Nigerian man. <laughs> Of course. When I went to, I had a layover in Ireland. And as the first person I see when I get off the plane is this sassy Nigerian man, um, <laughs> the gate agent. And I'm like walking to the gate and he's like, where are you going? You're walking with such confidence. I was just like, <laughs> who are you? Why are you talking to me like, like you know me? It's absolutely absurd. But yeah, so that's just like a little taste. So Wendy, I never liked Wendy. She struck me as very insecure also. Like, it's one thing if you're actually pompous. Like, I don't think NECA's insecure. I think NECA actually believes she's exceptional for, like, having a $2 million house and being a lawyer. Um, I, and immediately when I saw Ikena is a medical doctor, I was like, oh, she could be hard to deal with. She could be hard to deal with because that's, like, the pinnacle of success in our culture, being a medical doctor. And Wendy's PhD in communications or something like that? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. It's not like it's in comparative literature or astrophysics but, or- But, 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 hold on, wait a minute. I, these shows are designed to wind people up so they can wind the audience up. How much of this Paul Wendy is someone who's been wound up to go in there and be outrageous? Maybe they just, you know how they um, twist the tails of those bulls? Absolutely. No, for sure. Them. No, for sure. I mean, women. I don't at this know point... that she's that person who's going around going, I'm this, I'm that, I'm that. And maybe this is the show she's putting on. So I'm forgiving of that because if this is who she is in real life, oh my God. Ew. You're right. She's, you're right. She was, um, she was, uh, well, I mean, at this point, at this point in life, women study these, they study, you know, these women, they can study this before they get on the show. It's yeah. they watch the series, they think of like a persona, they think of they know they have to be outrageous and start yes. fights. But come on, saying address me as Dr. Wendy, that is a very something an evil person would do. In okay, real life. well, you just told me that Sh- Sh- Sharice is off the show, right? Yeah, she, she's a she's a friend now. Yeah, so why was she a friend? Probably because she wasn't outrageous enough. She was, you're right, she was not memorable. Like, I can't remember anything exactly. But you know what she did? I think the only reason she was ever on the show was because she actually was the connector. She knew all the women. She knew Robin. She knew um, she knew Robin. She knew Giselle. She knew Karen. Even though like her and Karen don't like each other now, she was still, you know, when someone sits down with the producer, the producer's like, who do you know? And they kind of comb through who would be good 
like a good cast member. So she was like the social connector. And then she had a husband who was a baller, another divorce on the air, but he was cheating with her, cheating on her. You know, the that the cheating, all the issues in the relationship always precede the show, but the show is gonna exacerbate it, of course. Exactly. Um, and so yeah, so I you when you say, Yeah, why she get kicked off, you're right. I don't really remember much memorable. She tries to start fights, they're always sloppy. It's like she's drunk and can't really remember her lines. So it's just not it's not very clear. It's like, well, you slept with all of America. It's like, okay, that's not I can't work with that. What can and you know (laughs) you gotta expect Wendy to pop off crazy right now. Why? Because she's got competition. Every she was the black, beautiful woman and she got her ass. She was the dark skin and now she was the dark skin, Nigeria and everything. She had a niche, or so Mm -hmm. she thought. They brought in another girl. They didn't bring in a light skin Nigeria. They brought in another chocolate beauty. So yeah. everything. So yeah. both of them are now GG. You're claiming to be doctor. This one is claiming to be lawyer. Both of you are professionals. Both of you are in Potomac. One of you is going to survive. There's no room for two Igbo and women. Your husband's an MD. Your husband is an MD who is a model in the afternoon, a fitness trainer in the morning, and a club owner at night. And you want yeah. to compare with Eddie, yeah. who is just ordinary lawyer. No, you but Eddie's so cute. Eddie's such a good husband and so supportive and so sweet. Eh, like, but this show is not looking for supportive. It's looking for drama queen and drama king. So it's, Wendy doesn't step up the drama right now and do some real crazy. She has. She might be somebody's friend. That's what's that's what been the pop off. The sad thing about Wendy is that, you know, we like to argue. Okay, like also like Evo people like to argue. So if anyone has never really understood that about me or like you noticed it, but you couldn't figure out why, it's cultural. And so, you know, we love a like discourse and Wendy, ah. Wendy can read bitches down. So it's actually, when Wendy gets fired up, that is my favorite Wendy, because it's like, I don't wanna hear you drag, brag about your degrees. I want you to just read, she just will put her finger up and read these other women down for Phil. And when your sham of a marriage that he can't even get on the other side of the bed, like it's just like, it's so funny. It's so funny. So I, I started to like Wendy more when she stopped being a square. Like honestly, when she got the plastic surgery, I was like, okay, like you understand the assignment you're here for. Like you're 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 gonna she really stepped up her clothes and it has not gone backwards. Like she we we always call it the second season glow up. Like, cause first season people come on with their own regular stuff and they're just like, I'm just here. And then like, no, 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 no. By the second season, they have like a whole team. And so, yeah, Wendy went and got like a body, a mommy makeover. Yeah. Oops, a butt. Every time, man. Huh? Cause she had a flat butt quite. Not all Africans have big butts. I know y'all think that. <laughs> <clears throat> it's not true. Okay. Uh, am I allowed to speak on that? I'm a man. You, you can know, speak on I anything. Know. I don't know what we can talk about. Anymore, but. We can speak on anything you want to. We're just dispelling. No, but you know, these, these, so I'm excited to see two Nigerians on this show. I'm very, and I'm excited that they are professionals and they've got good things going for them. I don't think that the producers should have put two evil women. Nigeria has 210 million people and has 215 tribes. How can you now go and find two women from the same tribe? Me, I'm Ibo Sef, and I should be happy, but I'm going, come on. Well, no, but that's that's the social aspect. But that's because they actually, their social circles know each other, and so they can fight. That's the whole reason. That's the it's whole because, reason, right? Yeah, because you saw in the preview. And they want to create like, that drama. And they're creating that Osu drama. That Osu drama 
Oh yeah, let's get into that. So yeah, that stuff is so bad. Like, I, I don't want to be dramatic, but that stuff could get people killed. That is the worst thing you can say to an evil person. The worst. You can tell an evil in my village, our favorite thing is die, motherfucker. What? Like people walk up to you be like, die. And keep walking. Ain't nothing to it. I will kill you. I'm killing you tonight. No biggie. Nobody cares. You say, Osu, what did you just say? You just clear the market. Okay, so let's tell why don't you tell everyone where your village is? I'm from Imo State, which is where you're from, and my mm-hmm. village is Urala. And you're from Omona, and we are about ten, not even ten miles away from each other. So I remember, I remember cycle. visiting your village. I guess I you was visited like, my village. Yes, it wasn't was even like ten seven. miles away. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, you guys <laughs> came. So I grew up in Aba. It's a big town for the Igbos. I grew up there. I went to boarding school, everything. Went to law school in Nigeria, and then I came to the U.S. and had to start all over again. Big story. But and you worked my, at wait, what was it, Chick Fil A? Yeah, I worked my way through college Chick-fil-A? in Chick-fil-A. And they I paid for the part of your college, right? Chick-fil-A. I worked. I opened I, the first ever Chick-fil-A drive-through. The, the first country. one I've they, ever gone to. They gave me a scholarship. I was. I worked my way from trash collector to assistant manager. Um, I I I worked four years in Chick-fil-A. Opened the store, closed the store, went to college in between. And one of the best things that I ever memory did, I just came back like into my memory of me. I hadn't thought of it. In forever, but like I, I was very proud of you and your uniform. It was so cute. <laughs> well, a lot of girls didn't think that, but ha ha. <laughs> but anyway, so going back. To... <laughs> so I did Chick Fil A. I graduated college, Norfolk State University, Spartans, respect. And then I went. Um, Ernst and Young came on campus and and recruited. Um, I was in the accounting department. They recruited me to come to New York and be an auditor. Ernst and Young, nineteen ninety nine. Then I went back to law school. So I went to night school for law school. Okay, that's gangsters. I worked during the day at Verizon, and at 5.30 p.m., I go to law school and do that till 11 p.m. And that's, wow. how I, that's how I got law school done while I was making money here. And then at law school, third year, I got hired by one of the big law firms in New York, and I went and started doing that. Two years later, um, after being a lawyer for two years, I had my daughter. And the day my daughter was born, I stuck up my two fingers at the law firm. I said, I'm out of here. You guys are crazy. Because somebody <laughs> told me I had to work 18 hours a day and that, I, you know, the firm had to come first. I said, but I got a baby girl. But my firm, yeah, if you want the life for her, I said, what life? You know, the life where she goes to private schools and has that kind of great life. The life where she out. doesn't know her dad at all. Uh, and then the life where she, has, she knows an au pair as her dad and yeah. her mom. And I, I said, no. I hit the streets. I hit the streets of New York with my two-year-old legal license, got me an office on right by the Bull in Financial District, uh, Manhattan, uh, downtown. Got an office in there and just started taking anybody off the street who would have me. And that was 10 years of the worst suffering you could possibly imagine, poverty like you could not imagine. But you know what? I did it my way. I did it on my terms. I did what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. And then I started doing business in Nigeria and Africa, and all of a sudden, you know, everything just became okay. So here I am. I live in Houston now um, because family Another Nigerian, another Nigerian, another Nigerian hub. And uh, so I'm knee deep in this stuff. And so a lot of my clients are Nigerian. I do a lot of work in Nigeria. I was just there last month. I'm probably going to be there next month. Um, I have a place down there. I have 
<laughs> yeah, like neck. I have properties everywhere. Properties and whiskers. Properties. So mm-hmm. that's that too. That's that's my story. Such a good story. I I can't believe how. I don't now. I know how young you were when you were doing those things, yeah. but obviously to me, like I just was. I was like, always big cousin, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, cousin, yeah. like you're two years out, like you're a baby. A baby. And, <laughs> no, but I'm just like, oh my gosh, and they live in New York. Like when I come visit New York, I stay with them in Brooklyn. It's so cool. Yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. so nah. let's go into what does oh, Osu mean? So Osu. Okay, so here's Osu. Crazy, right? Uh, Three hundred years ago. 100 years ago, 200 years ago, you got into a fight with your neighbor, right? Y'all were swinging, you hit him, he fell. And when he fell, he banged his head on a stone and died. Mm-hmm. You didn't intend to kill him, but you've taken a life. Mm-hmm. And under the codes of your people, taking a life can only be paid by giving a life. Mm-hmm. So now you got a death sentence. You can take your death sentence. In some cases, you can offer banishment. But another way to be protected, to have the death sentence lifted, is to go to, um, we call it Arushi. Arushi means deity. So you would go to a particular deity and you would give yourself over to the deity. So okay? this is like, now right. how do you go to a deity? Like you have to go to a shrine or where yes, is the deity? How do you contact I mean, these the deity? Days, these days you just commit anything you want and then you do what you give your life to Jesus, right? Oh, uh-huh. so back then you will just do whatever you want and you will give your life to this deity. Now, the consequence of the wash, the clean slate you get is now you are branded as property of that deity. That brand is the Osu brand. What is it the means reli- pledged to deity? What is the religion, religious pantheon? What is the religion called? This uh, we never called it a religion because we didn't. It wasn't a religion. It was who we were. It was oh, you, mm-hmm. it was the Europeans who called it. We didn't know what, what the word religion. All we knew was that there was one mighty God who we called Chineke. Mm-hmm. Chineke means Chi Chi God Neke mm-hmm. that creates. Mm-hmm. So God the Creator was the King of all the gods, just like Zeus and stuff. And then we had all these other mini gods, and every family had an even mini mini god. Mm. Every family would have a shrine where they would keep their king. And the Ikenga is a representation of their direct God who was more likely uh, an ancestor from like a couple of hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. So there was a whole pantheon path- of God, but Chineke was the highest, which is why most Igbos like yourself are named Kelechi. Thank mm-hmm. you, God. Chika. Um, who? All the Igbo names, Chi, Chu, Chu, is just God, 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 God. Mm-hmm. So, so. These people were pledged not to Chineke, the king of the gods, but to a particular deity. They ran to a shrine. They literally were running from someone. And they ran into a shrine and they said, I'm safe. And the way you get safe was once you go in there, you say, I'm yours now. And by saying that, you have just taken the brand of Osu. Osu now means you are outcast from society. You are no longer part of society. You are only part of that deity society, so when, which makes the, you untouchable, but the also deity, outcast. So just to put like, people in it I de- so you're running to like a clan or like who who's enforcing it but like who's a enforcing clan. it like if you your, say your, like your village your clan okay but who is someone running this deity's like organization for them or oh sorry sorry every shrine has a chief priest it has a whole okay, community right. 
It's okay, a priest. Yeah. There's all kinds of people who run yeah. it. It's a big thing. It's like a church. It was a church. Okay, that's what I wanted. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. you would run in there and you would become one of those people. Um, Except you're lower the than them because they can like use and, you for anything. And well, it wasn't even clear because the, our our cultures were not a written culture. It was very spoken, so we don't really know what those people had to do or if anything. And that's one of the things that makes us so crazy about Osu when I talk about it is that no one can tell me what they did, how they did it, what the consequences were. All I know is, and I even, some of my research showed me, because I've been all, I've been very interested in this thing for many, many years. It's driven me crazy. Because I'm just tired of Black people, especially Africans, looking for everything that separates us. No one talks about what makes us similar. Everybody want to know, oh, he likes, you know, he Black, or he speaks this language, he do this. And I'm going for God's sake, can we just get away from these things that divide us? Osu has always bothered me. I heard that there were even cases where Osu came from bankruptcy. Mm. Osu was the bankruptcy court sense. of the Igbos. Yes, you had a debt that you just couldn't get rid of. You would go to the shrine and deliver yourself to the shrine in payment. And the shrine would then call your creditor and say, the debt is squashed. You could no longer collect it. And for that, you catch Osu. Okay, so this is one second. Was... My dog is agitated. Cersei, people are walking by and she's like, wants to Cersei, calm down. Oh my gosh. Come here. Uh uh-uh. uh. Come here, baby. Come here. Come say hi to Zoma. Come here. Come here, silly head. Okay, that's my doggy. Uzoma, this is my baby. Uh, is that Cersei? Yeah, it's a baby. Hello, Cersei. How you hey, doing? Hi. Hey, hi. Oh, my gosh. Look at her ears. What do you hear? Do you hear stuff coming oh, on? You, are you perking up your ears at me? Yeah. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Come on. Can you hear me? Can you hi, hear Cersei. Can you hear in the ears? Cersei. 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 She's like, <laughs> I hear it. I don't know what's going on. Okay, I'm going to snap to start again. Um. So the indentured servitude thing, oh, no, well, rather, paying a, debt, paying a yeah. debt makes sense because, like, so many cultures did that, you know? That's, mm. like, when you, ha- in medieval times, with, like, having a thief, a serf to serfs, you know, they worked the land, um, yes. the feudal system, and then... United you know, States Bankruptcy Court. Or Australia. Scarlet letter, letter by a bunch, on your yeah. name for the next 10 years. We're sending, you know, sending people who are in debt and stuff like across to the Australia continent. To yeah, go, yeah, debtor, debtor prison. Yeah, the the American. I just found this out when I was doing research about those. A lot of the founding fathers were um, had had debt issues. They, they'd been in credit a uh, debtor prison or were on their way to debtor prison. Because did you know that bankruptcy is enshrined in our constitution? A lot of Americans so. don't know this. It's actually in the Constitution. Like, that was so important to the framers that a person who owes money should be able to walk away from it. Mm. That Can you imagine that? I, so people always think, oh, bankruptcy, I feel ashamed. Why would I do that? It makes such a... No, the founding fathers put it in the Constitution because they thought it was that important. So societies have always had a way of releasing people from debt, and Osu was one of those ways. So you're looking at somebody who takes this, for instance, Wendy, assuming Wendy is, she says she's not, and I go, I, I believe her, but I don't care whether she is or not. But let's say she is. 300 years ago, her ancestor had a debt he couldn't get rid of. He 
borrowed money for farm season, went hard on mechanization, bought cows and everything. There was a plague. Everything died. He couldn't pay his debt back. Debtors came at him. He didn't know what to do because his whole family was at stake. He walked into the deity and says, get me out of this. I, I, can't, I can't just go out like that. He comes out with a scarlet letter and he thinks in his lifetime, this stuff dies. Mm. And then it goes on from him to generations and generations, generations who don't even know him anymore. Mm. But his name, because, um, and there were a lot of times when it came in the name, like there were a lot of Igbos named like Osuji. Ooh, wait a minute. Yeah, Osuji is a very common name. So whenever, you know, there's a lot of, there was a time when they would actually put the Osu into the name of that person. And it was a terrible thing. But what happened is no matter what your name was, people would know that that family, so every ancestor would pass down to the next generation, that family is Osu. So we don't even know how, the records are not kept, but I can walk around my village and people will be like, or any village would be like, that family there is Osu. Anybody who's from that house is also, and they're pointing at yards and compounds, and it's that compound is also. We don't know the records. We don't know nothing. For all I know, it could be scandalous. It could be somebody who just ran game on you, set out this rumor, just kind of gaslit yeah. you into Osu, and now you're Osu for all time. Because once people hear you're Osu, they're not marrying you. They're not going anywhere near you. You are just like the worst leprosy plus every disease and every social ill you can imagine wrapped up in one person it's that bad and so even in america right now what we're seeing is a lot of people who have gotten into relationships gotten together maybe married maybe had kids and then somebody comes from the village and goes oh wait a minute you didn't know she was also and the parents immediately change their mind on the spot the divorce must happen the child must go the marriage is broken this happens in america today if wendy turns out to be an osu Right here, right now, what the evil people in America are going to do to her and her family, that girl will want to commit suicide. I pray to God that there's a way that they can just wash away that nonsense and just clear it out. But more important, I don't know why we're still doing this stuff. Man. It, it makes me sick to my stomach. It takes me to the story I was going to tell you. Aunt Meret grew up in Abba. My best friend, Emeka, Emeka is half white. His mom is a white woman from Denmark. I've always known this woman, big, beautiful, tall woman, always smoking a cigarette, drinking, cool ass woman, very quiet, not, never smiling. I knew her all my life, didn't say anything to her. Eventually, I moved to America and then I go to work in London. I was working in London for a while and I saw him. He goes, hey, man, let's hang out. We're hanging. He goes, hey, my mom lives in London now. I go, your mom used to live in Nigeria. He goes, no, she's moved to London because my dad died. Let's go to your mom's flat. Let's go say hi to Aunt Maret, Danish woman, Danish woman. I walk in. Hey, aunt, what's up? What's up? She's got a cigarette. She's drinking. She's chilling. What's going on with you? I said, well, uh, my life right now, I'm dating this girl named Zena, you know, thinking about marrying her. She's kind of cool. I'm like, okay, so have you done your background checks? I said, yes, auntie, I've done my background checks. And she's I. She goes, what background checks have you done? I said, her family, you know, they're cool, whatever, whatever. She's like, but have you done your background checks? I said, I don't understand what you're saying. She goes, Uzoma, is she Usu? And I'm looking at this white woman. Standing in her apartment in London, <laughs> asking me what I've objected, my wife is also, I'm thinking it's a joke. So I poke her like it's a joke. I'm like, have you looked in the mirror? Just look at you say Osu is making me want to laugh. Her son is there and we're cracking on her. This woman gets angry. She's like, dude, don't make those jokes. Um, it's not funny. Um, don't disrespect your culture and your people. And, um, and I can tell you right now, if you bring that, if you bring an Osu into my house, you would not be welcome. 
In fact, she said, don't even try to bring a nosu into my house. Let's just be clear about that. That was the last conversation I had with my aunt before she died. She died two years after that. Never talked to her again. That was the last thing she told me. If you marry a nosu, don't bother introducing her to me. This is a white woman who was brought to Nigeria back probably in 1970 from Denmark. Lived in Nigeria all from that time up until her husband died, moved back to London. And she's telling me that Osu is not welcome in her house. That's how insipid this thing is. It is so ugly. It is in the root core of these people and they won't let it go. And the thing is like, you have, you've given me, you've given all of us like a good historical background to this, but it's still so hard to grasp like why it's so bad because debt just doesn't seem like something that you would like disown people forever for you know like all the things that we have found that are like uh analogous uh the feudal system being a serf working a fiefdom or not the fief not the fiefdom being a serf working your piece of land for the rest of your life or these other systems like this it doesn't seem it's just so strange how this is still held on to. So I'm wondering, is it the religious aspect and like a colonial kind of a rejection of, of things that are, you know, pagan or not no, Christian? No, it is really nonsense. And let me tell you why. No, Here's no, I know, stereotype. I know it's nonsense. No, let but... me tell you, let me tell you stereotype. Osus tend to have a lot of money. That's they a tend to be highly educated. They tend to be very wealthy. They even tend to be beautiful people. I'm sorry, but this is a reality because because they've been outcast for so long. Think about black people. Mm-hmm. Everything we do, we know we got to do ten times. We got to do three times harder than our white brothers and sisters, so we can even get where they get. Mm-hmm. So what that does is it makes a black person. When you see a black person who succeeded, they've taken so many blows to their head that their head is impregnable. <laughs> the Osus were like that because they were rejected. They couldn't even own land or go to farms and do the regular stuff. They went into medicine. They went into law. They went into the clergy. They went into entrepreneurship. So mm. their families tend to be very rich, very wealthy, very educated. Now you see this piece of shit, peasant looking motherfucker, no shoes, walking by that little, you know, sees this mansion. And he, he's on his little rickety bike. He can't even afford a motorcycle. And he's, he has the pride to say, mm-hmm, I might be poor and desperate and degenerate, but at least I'm not Osu like that million-dollar property across the street from mine. You see, mm. that's that idea of people use that to bring other people down. It, it, mm-hmm. it gives them a sense of, yeah, they may be doing so well. They may have, look like they have anything going on in their lives, but they're Osu. So that means they ain't shit. They are below me with my barefoot ass, broke ass kid. That's the problem. You know, the thing that might actually be the most um, analogous today is the caste system in India. It sounds like Osu kind of reminds me about how people regard the untouchables. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the, to the extent that, like, it's something that's still happening today that you would really assume that no one educated or sensible would partake in. And you can't quite... You just it's just like a thing that's ha- that's still going on that just seems like a vestige of something from so long ago but people really do take it seriously like with who you're supposed to marry and all that stuff the indians look at it as a religious thing it's a cycle of birth and death it's your karma it's your dharma it's a religious kind of spiritual thing 
for us now, and another thing I find in our communities, a lot of people, when they say osu, and you ask them what is osu, they say, ah, they are cursed now. They are being cursed. And I'm going, what curse? And mind you, in Africa, to say that somebody is cursed is another huge thing. Hey, you mm -hmm. don't say that. Mm -hmm. So when they say, it, they're so ignorant, they actually think that an osu person somehow has been cursed by whatever. They've done something bad and a curse has been placed on them. And, all. and that's just not true. It was a way to release a person from a problem they were facing. Now, tell me that means your ancestor was probably a murderer. Okay, I can get behind that. But there is no curse. So a lot of people are dealing with this thing thinking there's an active curse that was put on that person, which even if it were true, would be crazy. But it's just not true. So I, the Indians, I was even wondering, I, I was reading about um, Gavin Newsom, your, your governor, now that you've moved over there. He <laughs> vetoed something that, that was going to be a law that was banning caste in California. And I, I, I didn't get to the details of why he vetoed it. But I thought, you know, this would have been a good time to strike a blow against this nonsense because there's no room for it in the United States of America. Zero. Zero mm -hmm. Yeah, whether it's religious or not. And I, yeah, I, the, th the thing that I really don't like about the Osu as the way it's presented on this television show is that it's like they're giving it legitimacy by talking about it like, oh, it's really bad, but I'm not that. You know, even Wendy, That's she, she didn't say this is an archaic, antiquated, um, judgmental thing from my people who can, who are very tribal and very much like, who's your parents and where are you from and da da da. Like, uh, she just said, I'm not that. If if I was that, no one would have come to my party. That's other Osu would have come to your party. Like that's that wasn't even a good now you're making me that feel like no maybe now you are. Say, yeah, you are. <laughs> because I that's wouldn't... not even a good excuse. And also we we haven't talked about the fact that um Eddie's husband, Eddie's family does not speak to him anymore. They completely cut him off for marrying Wendy. Now, as a Nigerian can you think of reasons no, that someone no, would cut no, someone's family no, off? No, no, zero. E none. Even if it was like, I don't like no, them, they're rude. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's just, I've thought about it even before you asked the question. That's what I've been thinking. Like, it doesn't happen that way. I mean, let's look. <laughs> we are, we, let, let's be very blunt, honest here, okay? If it was a, a same-sex marriage, Mm -hmm. I get it. That could happen. Um, That's the was, only if, other time I can imagine it happens. Well, if it's a and white person, then, a white person, it's it it happens. And even then, even then, there would be some people who come. There will be some members of the family who will bucket and say, "You know what? Screw yeah. that." The mere fact that no one was set foot in there, it's like the news has come out that this per this person is an outcast, and you must. And these people will back up. And let me tell you something before. I don't know how long we got, but I got to tell you this story. Something happened today that really traumatized me. And I, I, I've been thinking to myself whether I should talk about it or not. But um, I will. I told... So the only relative that listens to this podcast is... Aunt Les? No. She doesn't oh, listen. Okay. Although I think she's going to listen to this one. That's my mom. Uh, but she wants to listen to this. She's like, send me that one. You know, because I have cursing and stuff on there. And she's like... Oh, she's going to love my cursing. Um, no, I think Kelechi does can let you who a bookery a bookery hmm. i think so and then my older sister and then that's it i got into a screaming match with your auntie today just an hour ago screaming because i said to her you know 
You're the most religious person I know, rosary in hand, mass every single day. Um, what's your position on Diosu? And her reaction was, eh. What did she say? She said, never, 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 never. Never, ever, 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 ever will I let Anosu come near my family. And that broke me. I'm actually in a bad place right now. I, when I go home right now, me and my wife are going to have to sit down and talk about it because we got into it and I feel bad about it. My wife thinks I should apologize to my mom and I, I refused really? to because, yes, it was that bad. I told her I was coming on this show and I told her what I was going to do. And her reaction just kind of took me back. I said, but Ma, you know, what's going on here? And she goes, Mama, don't try to change it. That's the way the culture is. That's where it's always going to be. Just let it go. I said, but mom, don't you believe that I have a responsibility to see what's wrong in the world and attack it? She goes, but this one you cannot change. I said, but you don't know that. Why don't I go and give it my best shot? She goes, well, that's the way things have always been. People can plan around it. Don't try to change it. And that broke me. Like I have never had such a shout down screaming match with my mom in my entire life and we've had it like me and her go at it, but this was a new level and i couldn't believe that my mom sat there stared me in the face and told me oh shoot never never she actually made the comment that when my kids were getting married that she would send out emissaries to do the research for us kedichi i can see your mouth see the way your mouth is hanging up right now that's how my whole body feels this is your auntie your your dad's favorite sister your dad's closest sister and this is what I have to deal with. So this is my mother, an educated woman, a woman who went to college at Old Dominion University, got a master's in languages and psychology and counseling, went to Nigeria, came back here, became a drug counselor, worked in universities, worked in hospitals, taught school, a brilliant woman, an independent woman, born of the storied Ezies. You are an Ezie. My mother is an Ezie. The, the, your grandfather, my grandfather went to school in the UK back in the 50s. He was mayor, town crier. He was the only educated guy for hundreds and hundreds of miles around him. Rich man, powerful man, way above. The same man who was told that his first son could not marry an American. And he told everybody to eat shit and die. And went ahead and blessed that marriage when all of us thought he was crazy. And you guys are the result of that man's foresight in going, people are people are people. Wherever they come from, whoever they are, they are people. And to hear his daughter, my mom, say, nope, people are people unless they also that broken. And so this <sighs> is, I'm just trying to show you how endemic this thing is in this society that I don't even know how we're going to lift it up. So I said to Wendy. I didn't I know said, what it was. Uzoma, mm -hmm. I had never heard of it until the show. And then I had to ask my mom. My mom is not Nigerian, but she knows a lot about the culture from being married to my dad. And she was like, oh, yeah, like, I don't, I don't even want to, like, get into it. I don't want, I don't want to be the one to, like, talk about it. Because I was like, oh, can you explain what it is on the show? And she was like, no, no, you should ask Uzoma. Yeah, yeah, it's painful. It's painful. So I, I really, I don't, I don't care what we feel about Wendy as of right now. A, and it's sad that I'm saying this because my heart is, I hope she's not. Because I know yeah. the kind of hell she's going to catch if she is. But there's a piece of me that wants her to be. So we can table this issue and set it on fire once and for but all. But also like, your, mom, your mom is not, but your mom, auntie is not correct about it never changing because they had a law. There, there was legislation in Nigeria against discriminating against Osus. Yes, but <laughs> having a law on the books and enforcing a law is two different things. So... No, I know, but I just mean like if 
it it has to be has to be somewhat less taboo than it used to be if people are willing to even discuss it enough to write a law about it, right? No, no because the people that write a law about it are the Osu people themselves. Okay. I told you they tend to be in law, in justice, in equity, in entrepreneurship. They have a lot of lobbying. They're very powerful people. They've had to be to survive. So they are the ones who are saying, put it on the law books, even though it won't have any material effect in the streets, but at least maybe with time it should pick up. So I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. There seems to be um, progress, but the progress is very surface. Underneath it, everybody sounds like my mom. And some of them will even tell you, oh, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. But once the lights are up, they're like, ah, Osu in my house. Go for me. And you can't you can't tell who an osu is by like they don't look different than any other person. They don't, and that's what's happening. Kids are falling in love, and just when they've decided that they want to take a shot at spending a life together, working this thing out, somebody throws their goddamn wrench in there, and two people who probably belong together now have no chance of being together. And then these parents sit there and go, "Whoo, we dodged a bullet." And somebody goes living an unfulfilled life because they couldn't have what they wanted because their parents were stupid enough to buy into something, some 300-year-old bullshit that doesn't matter to anyone who has half a brain. So a lot of Nigerians still, a lot of Nigerians who hear this thing are going to damn it. They're going to say, oh, Osama, are we sure they're not to sue? We should check their village. Maybe their well, village that's, is really I mean, that's suit. probably why your mom is upset. Yes, people are going to think that I'm Osu just because I backed Osu. But you know what? Okay, I am. But I don't, I don't think a lot of Nigerians listen to my podcast, so. <laughs> but, but the idea is these things, you never know how these things could pop off and become popular. Mm, right? That's true. No, that's true. That's I what mean, we're hope. doing. For. We're hoping that people listen and go, oh, my God, this is interesting. Could you have heard this? Uh, people will hear it. And when they hear it, they're going to pop off and be mad as hell at me for having said this. I don't know why you. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's times like this where I'm, I feel like lucky that I'm two cultures so that I can like pick things from this one and pick things from that one because I don't have an emotional attachment, you know, as an outsider to that. I'm just like, well, that's wrong. It's obviously wrong and it's silly. And it's also hypocritical to still be, um, to try to be really Catholic like most Igbos are. And then still believe in something that has to do with deities. It's like, which Pagan one? Pagan deities. The same people you tell me with Satan, Lucifer, but you are carrying their traditions and their stamp of approval. Because what you're saying is this person doesn't belong to Jesus. He belongs to a deity. That's what you're yeah. saying. This is like, so you, you believe in deities? So, yeah, and I'm so going, for this person is a Catholic, like you. They are receiving Holy Communion, going to confession, Saying rosary and going on pilgrimage with you. But when it's time for marriage, you say, ah, 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 <laughs> you belong to uh, the deity. You don't belong to Jesus. How? How How can you reconcile those two things in here that my people do this every single day? And, ah, well, well let's like, me. before we um, conclude this time, although I do want to have definitely have you back on as the storyline continues, um, let's. Let's talk about the whole like magic and voodoo aspect because now we have this accusation that we see alluded to that for next week, but also we've seen in trailers for the rest of the season that we see Wendy shouting at NECA, my mother worships Jesus Christ, our Lord and savior. And NECA says during the day, but at night she's at her shrine. And then we have, we also see in this clip of next week, NECA saying that Wendy's mom called her (laughs) cousin-in-law 
cousin-in-law is just I mean I guess like Zena is my cousin-in-law but I don't mm -hmm. I just call her my cousin but <laughs> Wendy's mom called her cousin-in-law saying that she was she was gonna curse him so apparently Wendy's mom is out here laying curses and then they're talking about voodoo they called it voodoo voodoo so complicated and mis misused so does tell us does anyone in Nigeria actually say voodoo no 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 would they say, say juju 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 or shrine or um um yeah juju they will say juju this person do juju now this person is a winch winch uh, that's what you get not witch which is different which is you know broomsticks and wicked and you know white ladies with pointed noses winch what is, is the winch? one that winch the one that turns into pussycat at night and then can oh. fly as a pussycat then turn back into a woman <laughs> wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute in nigeria the with the witch winch witches which are winches winch winch, winch the winch, winch turn yeah. into cats and the cats yes, fly black cats and then they can fly so Do, i don't know i'm imagining fly, like the fly. i'm imagining the cats turning into like flying squirrels where they have the yes, extra thing just like what fly. i'm imagining yeah. these cats gliding and it's really funny <laughs> Um, okay. But, you know, the shrine thing. <laughs> the shrine yeah, so thing. The, the shrine thing. You know, there are a lot of people who have shrines in America. A lot of Nigerians brought that tradition with them. Um, the juju that we did, people still go to church and wear that around their waist. You know, there's a lot of people who come and they wear the juju on their waist. What they is the, Oh, so juju can mean like work, like magical works, but it can also, it's also a belt? charms amulets the person goes and gets charms and amulets built into a belt and they wear it around them for protection or for attraction um i've seen people you know you want a guy to marry you so you get clippings of his hair clippings of his nail a picture of him put it in a, a ziploc bag ship it to nigeria you've seen people do this in yeah, the night in this the actually happened in my house this happened in my house my wife can tell you this story better than i can because it was the freakiest thing ever happened to us <laughs> Uh, a lady, a lady sent a package to my mother-in-law. Mother-in-law is going back to Nigeria. A lady sends us a package for my mother-in-law to take. Misses my mother-in-law by like an hour. My mother-in-law hits the airport. The package comes in. We have it. We're like, what do we do with it? We open it, and oh my God, we see a man's hair, cubic hair, look like. Oh no. Um, fingernail clippings. Oh no. A picture of the man. Oh, and no. something else. I think it was like a, a cigarette butt. And it was in a Ziploc bag because we eventually had to open his pack. No, we didn't open it. We sent it. We, we returned it to sender because we couldn't understand why. We didn't know what to tell this woman. You know, your career is gone. So we sent it back to sender. It comes back. Then I goes, oh, my, this thing came back. Oh, why? I said, maybe, maybe it's a mistake. Send it again. Then I sent it again. It came back. The third time it came back, we panicked. So we opened it and that's what we saw. So the picture of we couldn't could, mail this thing out of our get past house. Customs. It wouldn't go back. No, no because no, no. it Chicago, was Chicago. Chicago. Oh. Chicago. The woman is in Chicago. There's a man that she's wanting to marry, but the man is dating her and he's not committed. So she was putting his stuff inside the the to send to her herbalist in Nigeria. So he would take that her, the man's uh, uh, bodily excesses, do his mm. little 
uh, rigmarole on it, and then the man will be tied to her for eternity. It's called tying. A woman can tie a man down. We have that, you know, African Americans directly. I mean, that there's there's stuff like that in roots work. You know, we talk about conjuring. Have you heard of a yeah. conjure woman? Yeah. So, like in Southern historical, like African American spiritual practices, you know, you still do that. Wait, what is that? And there's this musical where they have where. If you want a lover, there is something you must do. It's called come to me potion. And, and then you like take part. I mean, I think many witch practices have a binding spell like that. It's like a thing. Yeah. Um, so there yeah, are people I mean, in America who are living here who have those shrines in their house where at night they go in and pray there or they go do an incantation for any purpose, be it for money, for looks, for youth, for health, for attraction, all of that. Have you ever so seen a shrine? I have a friend who's confessed to me that he has a shrine, but he wasn't hiding. He's like, he's like, I'm a Muslim. My wife's a Christian. So I go to mosque on Friday. I go to seven day Adventist on Saturday. I go to Catholic, I follow you guys to Catholic mass on Sunday. And then on Monday I go to my shrine, which is in the other bedroom. So he's like Yoruba. He's Yoruba. And he was very open about it. He's like, dude, to, I, to I, don't, I don't know. To explain that to the listeners, right. um, Yoruba uh -huh. people are, are more often Muslim. Ibo no, people. so the Yorubas are split 50-50 almost. Are they 50-50? Yeah, yeah. The Yorubas are right at the line. So half Yorubas Muslim, half Christian. The Igbos are wholly Christian. Yeah, and I've the Hausas a... are almost wholly Muslim. Yeah. yeah. I've never met a uh, Muslim Igbo person before. No, I don't think there are any Muslim Igbos at all. We don't do that at all. That's like a no, no, no. That's from being... Uh colonized that's from that's from being colonized by christianity irish people missionaries coming over yeah. missionaries came in and blanketed us with christianity so we're mostly catholics and anglicans um but yeah yeah very exciting church services catholic uh, <laughs> just a, a rhythmic festival just getting the holy spirit yeah <gasps> what a treat as a kid to know that other churches have drummers and <laughs> <laughs> let, let, let's 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 leave the catholics out of it they could get mad at us no but then we out. went to then we went to black catholic church and that was like oh, ah, okay. thank you some Ooh. life here yeah um so yeah so really interesting like i love all this i love looking at different religions and traditions and the way that they are interconnected. And we all have, you know, we have things like this as you're describing the shrine, um, I mean, the juju belt, I'm thinking about people going to crystal shops and getting crystals with this intention and this intention, and I'm gonna wear this as a bracelet, or I'm gonna put this on my chakra. Um, but what is the person that you would go to to get this stuff? It's called the herbalist in Nigeria? What would you call it? Um, we call it babalawo, and that's a Yoruba oh, yeah. word. Yeah, that's a Yoruba word. Babalawo, yeah, that's that's usually the name um, that's used. The Igbos have, um, what do they call it in Igbo? I don't remember, but the Yoruba say Babalawo, and that's become the, the common the common word for it. But yeah, people oh, go to, let, let me tell you this, a lot of Nigerians, you know, drop in Nigeria, go to church on Sunday, and on Monday, they're with their Babalawo. Their Babalawo is their main spiritual director. They get all their advice, they get all their charms, they get all their potions, they get everything. Youth potion, success potion, money potion, man potion, woman potion, everything. They, a lot of our people maintain that double track. They're very religious. Externally, when they see you, talking about, oh my God, the Bible and the church, but when no one's looking, they go straight to Babalawo. 
but it's not, it's not the same people that go to like mass every day, right? It's the same people. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that going around. They don't admit it, but it's true. Great. Um, so this has been such a wonderful, robust conversation. I've learned a lot. I know you guys, the listeners have to have learned a lot. Um, I am so thankful for you spending this time and I love getting your perspective as a novice to reality TV. And yet you have, your insight is so spot on your insight. Oh, your you're just saying that. No, like you understand the structure. You get like what, what everyone's there for. I mean, and you found it entertaining, right? Yes. Well, okay, because I was going to talk to you about it. Okay. Does Zena watch these? Yes, Zena watches Potomac. Okay, okay. Well, then, yeah, we got to have, like, Zena on. So, Zena is my cousin Uzoma's wife, and she grew up in Nigeria and moved here when she was, like, what, 23, 22? yeah. And Zena is a different tribe. I was going to uh, ask she's you. Yoruba. And so, was that an issue when you guys got married? No, no. no Your parents didn't care? My... <sighs> My mom was more concerned of whether she was Osu. Wait, was Yoruba, my mom. Yoruba people can be Osu? Well, my mom basically was like, Whoa, they can't be Osu, so we don't have oh to worry about God. that. But th that conversation did come up. It's kind of like, <laughs> <laughs> what bothers me is like, this is such a big thing to her. That's uh, funny. This, the reason I find that funny to everyone is because like, there's intertribal beef between Yoruba and Igbo, and there was a war, but the fact that your mom would be like, well, at least if I know that she's Yoruba, she's not Osu, is... But, but in her defense, she actually said to me, she, when she found out Zena was Catholic, she was just like, I'm good. I'm good. And what I didn't tell her was that Zena was a Muslim, born a Muslim, uh, and then converted, you know, kind of sort of converted to Catholicism, but didn't really care because somebody took her to church and she went to church and didn't really give a shit about it. <laughs> So I'm like, oh, I'll see you, Catholic. Don't worry about it. Oh, God. Then I was born a Muslim, raised a Muslim until she was about 12, and her father fell out of faith. And her mom, who was a Catholic, took her to church immediately and kind of tried to frustrate her. Oh, wow, her, her mom was a Catholic. Yes, her mom But, was you know, Catholic. her dad was Lebanese. Lebanese. Her mom was half Lebanese. Oh, Remember? see, and I never really—I do. Re I forget she's half Lebanese because she she just looks like a black woman, so I forget. She looks but... like a black woman. You and yeah. I would look exactly the same skin tone. <laughs> yeah, she's a little darker than you. Yeah, but I—I so she... I, it's interesting because Lebanese people. I feel like Lebanese, Lebanon, and Turkey aren't those places where people are Muslim, but it's not like it's just kind of like oh, we're cultural, but we don't like practice necessarily. No, Lebanon is weird. Lebanon is split down the middle with some North, people Muslim South. Catholic, not just Christian, Catholic. Oh, so her, her yes. mom was a Catholic, Lebanese. Catholic, Lebanese from the South. Her dad was a Muslim Lebanese from the North. Oh, so was that like a taboo yeah. also? Oh, yeah, huge taboo. Zena's dad was actually considered a crazy man in that he broke all the norms and married not just a Catholic, but a half-Black Catholic. Because Zena's mom is half Nigerian and half Lebanese. So he was marrying a mixed race girl, which wasn't allowed, and he was marrying a Catholic. So he really rocked the boat. Very brave man. He had his idiosyncrasies, but he was a forward thinking man. I love the woman, I'm done. Screw all of it. Oh. So, yeah, that stuff runs in the blood. Well, that's, yeah, and we have to, those stories are what makes you, gives you hope that people can just, you know, rise above the things that they're indoctrinated with and yeah. see people. Born for into, people. absolutely. Yeah. 
but we're going to keep discussing this. It's fascinating. It's seems like it's going to be in, I mean, I am already seeing YouTube videos and things about Osu now. It is very weird in 2023 to see minutia, well, not minutia in our culture, but to see niche things in our culture be reality TV topics. Be reality TV I'm, I'm topics. Almost, I was like, I'm almost proud that Nigerians are acting messy on reality TV. It means we're fully assimilated. <laughs> we're American. Because, you know, you don't know. And we're about to bring an angle they didn't see coming, man. You want to talk about Shrine and Juju and Osu? That's a whole spinoff right there. We can spin that one off and... The other, the other show, um, is it Love is Blind, had this character, Uche. They had an Uche who was just a lawyer and a complete asshole, gaslighter, narcissist. I mean, people are just going in on this man. So we're having our night, night reality TV representation and it's, you know... It's not, it's exactly what it should be. It's not great. It's, oh, but no. And then 90 Day Fiance. You've never watched that? That's what Zena people think. that. Okay, so that. there's, I've had the craziest questions about Nigeria because they have this guy who lives in Kano, is it? Yes, Kano. Mm -hmm. And he is a singer, a terrible singer. And he makes music and he marries like seven, 60 year old white ladies who will have like smokers long and no teeth. And he falls, makes them fall in love with him on the internet. And then they come, he brings them to Nigeria. He has them, you know, put on all the traditional garb because he's Hausa and like go in to meet his mom. And his mom's like, Speaking <laughs> of which, you know what I haven't seen on this show? Huh. I haven't seen any Mitchews. Any who? Are these girls really Nigerians, huh? You haven't seen any who? Michu. What's that? You don't know Michu. You know Michu now. That's how we type it on WhatsApp. If I want to give you <laughs> on WhatsApp, I'll say M-T-C-H-E-W-W-W-W. No, That's I didn't I know that. We just, I just say sucks teeth. Uh -huh. These two Nigerians haven't said sucking teeth. The teeth sucking woke up. That's I, I, I feel like Wendy, Nigeria. I think Wendy has Wendy sucked teeth before. Okay, I okay, think so. so. I think when talking to Eddie, just like, I think so. I think, that, but you know, African-Americans do that too. So I, I'm, there's teeth sucking. Like, West Indians do it, Car yeah. like Caribbean, everyone does it, really. Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Maybe but I never I, knew it was mature. I just, I just know that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've heard Wendy say, eh, eh. No, I have, I have, she has. She has. She has, a, eh, eh. She has her modes, you know, she has her, like, <laughs> acting, like, more Ethan I, I feel, I feel like those two women are probably co-switching right now to fit into the show. As the show progresses, they're... The inner Niger will come out very, very roughly, and that's where we're gonna start to join us. I'm looking, and I'm gonna be watching this show because of you. So you made me watch reality. You are awesome, my sister. God bless I converted you. someone. Yeah. <laughs> Cake and Kombucha is produced and edited by Kilechi Aza. You can email me at cakeandkombucha at gmail.com or find me on Instagram. And please don't forget to rate and review. 